on 98FM and online. This is Phoenix FM. And now, live from Phoenix FM, Oliver Buck, Mike Brown, and Darren Burrows bring you the Orient Hour. happy hello to you all listening out there and of course to those listening back to the show on one of the many platforms you can listen back on and welcome to episode 114 of the Orient Hour here at Phoenix FM with me Oliver Buck and with me of course I have my co-host my friend he's basically my carer Mike Brown how are you doing Mike? Evening Oliver how you doing mate? Yeah not too bad it's been a Decent week for the O's, hasn't it? Been a long week, if I'm honest. A long week, but it's a good one. I'm, I'm always tired, mate. I'm always tired, but yeah. Yeah, it's good to be alongside you again on the airwaves this week. Um, and we're joined by a beautiful panel again tonight. It's lovely. Uh, we've got the Dream Team editor, Andrew Butler, and, well, Phoenix FM sports journalist, Mr Scott Lanza, will be joining us, but we're hearing reports that he's stuck on a rail replacement service somewhere. So uh, hopefully he'll be with us by the time we really delve into the into the episode um, and like you said Mike we've got a hell of a lot to get through this week we've got not one but two Orient victories to conflab about this evening um, right let's just get started it's a Tuesday night just outside of London uh, we travelled to a relegation threatened Aldershot and the O's were on the hunt for the three points to keep the gap at the top of the National League now Andrew it proved to be something of a scrappy night didn't it yeah absolutely it was, um, it was a funny old game because we seem to get ourselves in those sort of situations where it's all looking comfortable we concede one goal and it becomes some of the tensest moments that we'll have yes. this season. I mean, you've got to have a, a huge um, debt of gratitude to Dean Brill pulling off probably the save of the season, mm, I don't know, save yeah. of the century so far um, in the 87th minute. Oh, my that. heart but was in my was, mouth at the end of the it, game. It, it Should was, have caught it. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, uh, you know, at, you know like when all said and done, the next morning you wake up, you're like, brilliant, we've gone away. Yeah. I've got three points against, you know, a tricky opposition. A tough, um, a tough opposition. And yeah, it's just always nice to see you know, a player like Josh Coulson popping up two goals. Two um, identical goals. Two identical <laughs> yeah. goals like that as well. It just kind of, well, it shows the, the, the strength and depth of, of the squad, but also you just need that sort of performance from those sort of players at this stage of the season. And you saw at the final whistle, there were just, I think it, there were a few players just lying on the floor who looked absolutely battered. It was a battle of a game, wasn't it? Yeah, completely. And, and they all will be from now until the end of the season. There's obviously only a few games left now, but it's, um, it, it, they do look kind of spent after all those sort of games because I think it's physically exhausting, but it's like mentally to stay that focused, that con- like concentrating for that length of time, mm. uh, especially in the last, those last few minutes. Um, because Aldershot came at us really strong in the last 10 that you know it's going to be really really mentally tough so they, they look spent but it's probably a more sense of relief than anything yes of course so you've heard our views on Aldershot's game and you've heard Andrew Butler's views now let's hear Justin Edinburgh's as he spoke with Dave Victor after the game well Justin thanks very much for joining us congratulations four straight league wins we did it the hard way tonight yeah and no, we're not making it easy for ourselves Dave um which is a concern. Um, obviously, we're delighted with 
incredible, valuable three points. But um, you know, the end to our last three away games of not how we wanted to to finish the game is something we have to address and, and look upon. There was an early injury. It looked quite serious for Jordan Maguire, Drew. Yeah, it looks that way. Unfortunately, um, he's, he's gone up and landed on his calf, and he, and he felt something go. So. You know, we're, we're, we're hopeful, but you know, it looks like it could be quite serious, which is disappointing because the boy's been playing ever so well. Um, been really effective for us, but obviously it's, uh, it's another blow for us. Identical goals, virtually, to put uh, Lake Norient on their way. Yeah, I mean, we had to weather a storm. Um, they started very, very well, and credit to them, because in the position they're in, they're, they're playing ever so well and they're fighting for their manager. And uh, it was tough. Um, but the goals allowed us to get a foothold in the game and then I thought we went on and dominated but again you know we've been uh, caught on the back foot second half when we should go on and win the game I know we had a really good chance to make it 3-0 where the keeper made a save but then on I just felt we were looking to see the game out rather than see it out I know that might sound contradictive or, or stupid but we didn't play with the intent to see the game out we, we, we allowed the game to run out and, and obviously when they got that goal uh, you know the tie turned Was that because you were missing Jordan McGuire at that point? No I don't think so um, I thought Bro's come in to that position and, and, and took to it very well I, I just think sometimes it's, it's a natural mindset of the players you know you tune you up uh, you feel you're comfortable but you know, I think as soon as you know you go off the back foot and the opposition do get a goal, the initiative's with them and it's very hard to turn the tide. Uh, and, we, and we found that and we were reliant on an incredible save at the end to, to get us the three points. It was incredible. A wonderful save from Dean Booth. Yeah, it was. It was and uh, we needed it and um, you know, he produced it and he's done that on a couple of occasions this season when he's needed and uh, yeah, he's certainly value for, uh, for our points tonight. Any complaints about the penalty decision? I think it was soft. I think it was soft. I think both were pulling. Um, you know, I think it was unfortunate. Dino was positive. They could, you know, he's it, had a ricochet and fell for them. Uh, I thought we should have had a penalty ourselves first. I thought it was an handball on, on, on their goal line that the referee and the linesman didn't see. But, you know, when that happens, you know, and, and he gives it, you know, we, uh, unfortunately, the initiative was was back to them. One very good chance early on for Macaulay Bond. Yeah, I think. Listen, I think um, he's working ever so hard. Goals are goals are not coming for him, but we know that you know he's he's been through periods like this that the goals will come again. Had to change his striking partner, Jay Simpson. Is that a significant injury he's got? No, not really. Um, if we probably would have pushed it, we could have maybe included him tonight, Dave. But I have to be mindful now of what we've got going. We've got a lot of games in a short period of time. Jay has had to play a lot of football in a short period from not playing. And so, you know, we had to be mindful tonight that, you know, the, the tightnesses he has, if it was to become an injury, we could lose him for, for the end, you know, the rest of the season. So we have to be mindful. And that's, you know, what we're doing. We sort of left Josh Colson out Saturday we brought Jamie Turley in and we'll look to try and rotate and rest now that we're starting to get players back in, in, in the right stages good to see James Dayton back came very close to scoring in uh, stoppage time yeah no it was good for him I'm pleased for Dates um, yeah and unlucky so that gives an extra body um, Josh Caroma will be fit now for, for the weekend um, so you know we have to be 
mindful and um, careful that we we keep everyone fit. You know, obviously Jordan's, you know, nothing. It's an unfortunate one, but others that we've got to try and manage along the way. How near is uh, Charlie Lee to return? Yeah, I think Charlie will be okay for Saturday as well. Of course, you're going to be top, whatever the result on Saturday, because of the victory today and other, the, the way other results have gone. Yeah, it's pleasing because that gives us one weekend to know, um, and then we'll have to, you know, wait for the following weekend. But I think we've we've took care of our business before we go into the cup, and um, that's all I asked of the players. Um, so we're delighted. Obviously, we're backed again by an incredible amount of numbers, and um, you know, it's four consecutive league victories for us, and uh, we're, we're delighted with that. Is it a distraction? Would you like a league game really this Saturday and carry on the momentum? Um, I guess that we would probably prefer to be playing league, but as I said, we we, we entered the comp- cup competition. We believe we can win it, and that's what we're going to try and do. There have been, some, again, some astonishing results in this National League tonight. I know, and, and it will continue to throw them up, I guess, between now and the end of the season. Dave, I always say to the players, and, and everyone connected with Leighton Orient, is let's just concentrate on us, let's enjoy it, let's embrace it, and let's see where it goes. I thought the supporters were a magnificent second half on Saturday and they came in numbers again tonight. Yeah, they did. And, uh, and they continue to astound me and, and continue to get behind the players and that's what we need. We've got, you know, nine more cup finals and, and we're going to need them all the way. Congratulations. Thank you. Of course. So thank you very much for joining us tonight, Andrew. Um, don't forget if you do have any questions for Andrew from the Dream Team about all things Orient and that sponsorship deal and what's going on then do tweet them in at the Orient Hour and we'll put them to Andrew Butler later in the show but first that game at Aldershot as we told Justin now it didn't actually get off to the most positive of starts did it you know Orient saw their number 10 Jordan Maguire drew down and off injured after just five minutes and wasn't it was a massive blow really wasn't it, it was disappointing to see yeah, yeah, completely. Yeah. And and he's been well since he's come in. He's been, he's been excellent. Took a couple of games, I thought, to um, to find his feet. But it's probably just because he hasn't been playing too much football before then. But now he's, uh, you know, he was he played superbly in the in the couple of games preceding Tuesday. Um, and to see him out, you know, for a month could I mean realistically these things could be like the, the rest of the season as well. Um, it is a real shame, but the reason why we bring in players like that is because it does strengthen the the squad in yeah. its entirety. Mm-hmm. Um, I think well, we've been unlucky with injuries this season, but in the same way, it sounds a bit strange, but in the same way, players have come back just at the right time. That's the uh, thing. And obviously, like, he's out now, but Karoma's come back. Dayton's back as well. So it, our squad doesn't look as light as, as it might have done a couple of weeks yeah, ago. Yeah, if we'd have lost him, say, three or four weeks ago, we would yeah. have kind of been head in hands. Yeah. With, but it was actually James Brophy who came on in that number 10 role um, for, for 85 minutes of the game. He was quite impressive, wasn't he, in that role, I thought, Mike? I'll tell you what, that's probably one of the best performances I've seen Brophy put in this season. Um, playing that little hole just behind the, the two forwards, I, I don't think he really put a foot wrong mm. since he came on the pitch. And he, was, he was really kind of dragging the ball out wide at times and stretching an Aldershot uh, uh, defence that couldn't really handle with us Pulled all the strings, to be fair. Mm. You know, Everything pretty much come through him. And like I said, probably the best performance I've seen him put in. Yeah. This season, in my in my opinion, it was good to see. It was good to see. But now let's have a look at all the shot. They weren't awful, and they're actually something of a handful for for a lot of the first half and towards the end of the game as well. 
th- there were times where you thought they were going to score two or three goals, wasn't it, Andrew? Yeah, and uh, I mean, I, I think I probably disagree a bit with Justin about the penalty call. I think it was probably was was the right one. I've oh, seen you thought it was a penalty? I, I did think so. I've seen you know a couple of alternate like alternative angles of it, and uh, I think Marv has just got slightly on the wrong side. It looks soft a, as a baby's bottom to me. From one side it does, and then it's kind of like he's pulling his arm mm. uh, quite firmly down, and uh, the referee in that sort of situation can only really see yeah. that that side of it. And, and from his point of view, it looks but, like. But that wasn't all they created, you know. They they tore us apart at times. They missed an open goal from yeah. the, basically the goal line. Out, yeah. Dean Brill pulled off a few good saves. It, it could have been a completely different story, couldn't it? Yeah, completely. And um, uh, um, you know, we just need that little bit of luck actually in our, in our running. Um, you know, the key thing for us was that you know you get you get the goals on the board, and and then you can kind of ride your luck for the rest of the game. It was it was good for us to get um, well goals in the in the first half. Otherwise, you know, it would have been yeah. um, could have been a bit nervy going into that second half, especially considering what they had, they had created in the uh, in the first half. But you know, there were there was I think uh, quite a surprisingly good team. They were. Thought, they were. But. I don't know. If I, I don't know about you, Mike. But if I was an Aldershot fan, I would have I would have gone away from that game thinking. How have you not got a point? Yeah, I, I think you'd probably feel a bit hard done by if you're an Aldershot fan without coming, getting anything out of that game. Um, I mean, like you said, they had chance after chance. Dean Bill probably pulling off the best save he's ever pulled off in his life. Uh, another one who's yeah. had the, uh, probably his best performance Possibly, in the Aldershot. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And, you know, like you said, missing from, what, four yards out, hitting it over the bar. You know, but that's probably why they're down the bottom because mm. they're not taking them, to, even though they're, they're producing the quality to make them types of chances they're just not putting them away and that's probably why they're they're in midfield and attack it was just the defence shaky as anything and that proved to be true in the space of about three minutes Orient scored two pretty much identical goals Super Joshy Coulson's massive forehead popped up and he put us 1-0 up in the 35th minute and it was a it was a well-taken header, wasn't it, Andrew? Oh, absolute bullet, yeah. And it was, um, he kind of just rises, you know, above mm. um, above George Anakobi, who, you know, we know quite a lot about. And uh, I, I do wonder, in that sort of situation, if, if the players kind of go, actually, we know, we know... George you know his knees can't yeah, take yeah, it. Yeah, we know, his, <laughs> we know his weaknesses in this sort of situation. So you wonder, like, you know, after seeing the second mm. one go in, like, I wonder how many times that's happened in training yeah. earlier this season where, where Josh has beaten George for, uh, for height um, yeah. and power and that sort of thing. But it does, you know, it's one of those strange things where, like, the game yesterday, you're like, why can't, you know, why can't we just do that every yeah. single time? It makes it look so simple, doesn't it? And we know football's not actually that, like, it, it, it's nowhere near that simple, but you're just like, oh, yeah. this looks it, so it, easy. They, all you they, need to do is like, put it on his head. It was like it, it was a routine that, yeah. well, it was a routine yeah. it sounds cliche but it was it was straight off the training ground yeah completely it was it's, it's, it was as if they were training yeah um, it's that four four men in a line yeah and, they, uh, they call the it company. I think they call it the bus stop tactic okay. or the bus stop cue tactic yeah. and th- that's obviously something that they've been working on in training and just in general this season the O's have been pretty strong in, in set pieces haven't they yeah completely and it, uh, they look I mean I'm, they do obviously know what they're doing but you know sometimes you see clubs come to come to us and they'll try out some very very fancy set piece routines that just don't work at all or the delivery into the box is is woeful goes over the top whatever what we have as a huge positive is players who can deliver the ball players who know what the positions they're going to be in when the ball comes into the box and it's like it's been working you know wonders because if you think about you know a couple of games ago 
similarly with Dan Happy against Brackley that's a similar type of goal Josh Coulson obviously in the previous game as well scores a header from a, a set piece too and then he gets um, you know bags two on, on Tuesday night so it's uh, you know it's, it's pleasing to see that we can be scoring you know from, from all sorts of situations this season Yeah touching on uh, Coulson there Orient are just so much better with him you know, just aside from his goals there, his know, play yeah, yeah. It's, it's calmness when you know playing there just calms everything down and you know being 30 he's, he's playing like he's 26 25 yeah. 26 and he but he just brings a whole wealth of experience to two very good young players either side of him as well at the moment yeah and he's just so important to the team isn't he massively massively yeah i've got a colleague um at dream team who's a, he's a big cambridge united fan and and he was gutted when when Coulson left because he's a you know he's a bit of a legend at, at cambridge and um, he came to the game last week and uh, and saw Coulson playing for us. He was just like, oh, he would still do such a good job for us. And you know, it's they're, like, they're languishing at the bottom of the league now. Yeah, aren't they? yeah. yeah. Well, we're, and we're, I think we're lucky to have him. Um, he's been playing brilliantly, like you said, Mike. He, he brings that calmness to the team, mm. um, the experience as well. And it's just, you know, you need that because you know you forget that like Marv and, and Dan are actually youngsters. Basically, yeah. they're they're um, they're very young in, in comparison and. Uh, that just a bit, a bit of experience and you know after playing a game uh, a half of football against Josh Coulson yeah. you probably wouldn't want to come out for the second half <laughs> and, and, and you said there about Happy and Young uh, Happy and Young? <laughs> happy and Marvin being young but they were outstanding again on Tuesday well, like, Happy was cutting out balls like he'd been doing it for th- 20 years in the Premier League it was unreal wasn't it? Josh Coulson's playing like he's 26 and, and Marvin <laughs> and Danny are playing like they're 26 as well they're you know each other they're, they're, I mean since Danny's come in he's been superb absolutely superb I mean I think it's what the last couple of players of the month have been centre-backs mm. which yeah. I think speaks volumes absolute volumes about how far these kids because they are still kids have come along these young men have come along you know and Danny's getting better with every game Marvin's getting better with every game and believe it or not Coulson's actually getting better with every game as well so it's great to see and long may it continue yeah, it's so good to have them all back. And, and of course, Josh's two goals on Tuesday night made it six goals from defenders in five games following Ekpatita's goal against Wrexham. Coulson's, again, at having Waterlooville's and Samling's at Barrows. It's a little bit strange, isn't it, Andrew? They're, they're scoring more than the strikers. Yeah, I mean, like I said earlier, it's just, just good to see, like, we're getting goals from, from all sorts of areas, which you just, you just need. You, like, you know, we'll take goals coming from anywhere like, at, at this point. Um, and, uh, you know, it's not. It's not. Well, it's, it's not the strikers' fault that they might not be chipping in with uh, with as many goals. As long as you know we are getting goals from anywhere, it doesn't matter where the goals come oh, from. Yeah, does it? Where the goals come from? If as long as they go in, yeah, yeah. Because because uh, Orient obviously went in two goals up at the break, and from the away end, it looked as though you know we we were in control. We were two goals up against an older shot side that you thought they're at the bottom of the league. We should be able to handle this. But in true Orient style, as we've already spoke about, they. They they conceded in the seventy second minute to a penalty and and then all shot narrowed it to just the goal separating the two sides. Um, or or are just making a habit out of this, aren't you? Aren't they? And do you think Justin some of the changes he makes sometimes invites this on? He, he brought on um, James Dayton for Matt Harold and left Macaulay Bond up top on his own and then. He just couldn't hold on to the ball and it was just constantly coming back and back into the Orient half. Do you not think this is a dangerous game to play, Andrew? Possibly, but when you know the factor of the matter is we're still winning these games. Mm-hmm. I'd only question 
decisions if if they like if they really blow up in our faces i think we we invited pressure on but you know what are you supposed to do if you're you know we were two nil up or sorry three nil up against um against barrow um and you know you make a couple of changes and they get get back into the game makes it a tense a tense affair same against Aldershot. Uh, and possibly it is the case that you know that the changes might be inviting too much pressure on. But you know we made similar changes against against Wrexham, where you're thinking we've basically got five, six defenders on the pitch now. We're defending only a one goal lead, but it works because that's yeah. you, you, you. We ground out the result, and it's a, it's a huge win for us. So you know until until those decisions really like provably go against us, and we we end up losing the game. I can't, you know, I, I'm, yeah, I wouldn't you, be in a position you, to you can't, You can't knock it when you're winning the three points, but just got that niggling fear that it, it could come back and bite you somewhere not very nice in the near future. Well, like Andrew said, we'll, we'll cross that bridge if we lose another game. You know? Hopefully or the bridge isn't there. Game. Yeah, hopefully, 100%. I, I want the we'll bridge sail to be straight there. under it. Yeah. yeah I, I thought we were cruising against all the shot up until what I, I thought was a very soft penalty. You know, I, I know Andrew seen it from a different angles and he's reckons it's a penny but I didn't think it was a penny and I think we were cruising up and that did give them a lifeline to get back into the game and that's when they started to really put us under when they got back into the game because I thought we were controlling the game second half we were probably the dominant team second half until that uh, first order shot goal mm. went in and yeah but you know the boys dealt with it well and hey, three points and, and, and let's take a look at another couple of players I think for me personally two out of my three contenders for player of the season had fantastic games that night Widdison and Craig Clay they were unbelievable weren't they again Mike listen Joe Widdison I, I mean I rave about the man every week <laughs> he's he's my player of the season uh, because he just does it consistently 7, 8 out of 10 every week I don't think he has an off game he's always Mr Consistent you, you could see it, you could see on Tuesday at Aldershot Andrew I don't know if you noticed that a lot of the crosses that were coming in and causing trouble were coming down through Sam Ling's side. Mm-hmm. Does that show how good Joe Widdison is or maybe where Sam Ling needs to up his game a little bit? Well, I think it's probably a tactical decision from the, from your position. I yeah, if think, you look you at know, Joe Widdison. Yeah, if, and if you're doing your scouting uh, and your scouting reports right, you're going, there's no way that we're going to get in down the, down the left-hand side because Joe Widdison's always going to be there. He's been absolutely brilliant this season. I know he had kind of uh, a bit, got a bit of stick last season, which I, genu- I genuinely thought was a bit, a, a bit unfair because I thought he was fairly consistent last season as well. But um, he's been brilliant this season, mm. and, uh, and it's really good to see the, the faith that's been like, put in him through through the management. Like he's an he's an excellent left back. I think we've been very fortunate, essentially, at Orient down the years to yeah. have excellent left backs you know you go down to like Lockwood and then Charlie Daniels and now it's like Joe Widdison is just following in a, in a tradition of it really which has been um, it's been great to see he's looks like he's enjoying his football he yeah. even had a chance at, at right back against he, he Wrexham just looks, as well he looks so strong so quick he's he's no one gets past him do no, they yeah exactly and he you know when was the last time that he's made a mistake I can't I, I can't remember I can't I remember it's been, remember it's been that long and um yeah, he was. Uh, I saw a little pre-match interview with him with mm. him yesterday, and he seems quite humbled by the fact that that people are you know rating him as you know as high as um, as you are in, in maybe being player of the season. Um, I think he's played every minute of, of football that he's been available for. He had one red card, Joe Widdison. Yeah. I think he's 
He's played enough. Proof. He still thinks that's not a red card as well. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't think it's a red card. <laughs> Joe Woodison can never be red carded. Um, <laughs> and of course, the good news coming around the stadium uh, in the away end, especially at half time, is that Wrexham are three goals down at home to Barrow, which is a little bit mental. Um, but it felt as though this was just another massive three points to pull us away at the top of the table, didn't it? Yeah, completely. And, and we need that. Um, you know, I, I think there will still be twists and turns, unfortunately, between now and the end of the season. Um, mm. But then you just have to look at you have to look at Wrexham themselves we, they were top you know a couple of weeks ago yeah. we beat them and we should be pulling away from them now because they only I think they only drew yesterday yeah. they, they lose against Barrow a team that you know we beat the previous week and it's suddenly they're you know they're a very streaky team they, they can they can go four games yeah. win, win four games and then lose four games but that happened you know a couple of months ago and they were still top but it was also similar with us over our Christmas period where we were we like we lost a couple of games over that and we were still somehow still top you know, yeah. like, so it's alright if, if everyone else is, has as patchy a form as, uh, as everyone else and mm. we're in the position we are then yeah. we might be alright it's not a, not a bad position <laughs> to be in now coming up to the halfway point in the show Mark I'm getting a little craving I'm craving something a little, little bit of stats bit of stats bit of stats can you sort us out yeah, can you sort us out yeah of course again let's, show, let's get Matt Bristow on the blower yeah. It's time for them stats. Are you ready? Of course I'm ready. So over to you. Stat number one. Orient maintained top sport in the National League with a 2-1 victory at Aldershot on Tuesday night. Josh Coulson grabbed a brace and became the first defender to score more than once in a game for the first time since Matt Lockwood back in 2006. Stat number two. The O's kept a fourth clean sheet in five FA Trophy games this season, ending with man of the match Jamie Turley playing right wing back. But did you know Orient have played 11 different defensive combinations so far in the competition? Stat number three. Yesterday's win made it six wins in a row in all competitions for the first time since December 2012 under manager Russell Slade. Stats fantastic! Top stuff as usual, Matt. Cheers. No worries, lads. See you in Telford. Oh, what a guy. And I've heard a, I've heard a rumour, Mike, that that man talks stats in his sleep. Talks stats, thinks <laughs> stats, aren't, yeah. He's got a, what one stood out for you there? Um, it's probably the 11 different combinations of defence that we've used. Uh, yeah, I, when, he, when he told me, I was like, ooh, ooh. oh, hello. Maybe you think. You know, yeah, maybe you think. <laughs> well, that's, that's just stats lot for the week. Yeah. Stats your lot. But uh, good news to your listeners out there. Mr. Scott Lanza has finally made it here. Scott, welcome to the studio. Thanks for having me on. Sorry for being late, but uh, the trains as they are, you know, putting a bit of a uh, dampener on things. But uh, That's all right. Well, it's, it's only 6.26, so we'll only give you half of your fee. But uh, now, of course... <laughs> We've got Saturday's game to move on to. It was the first leg of the FA Trophy semi-final after all. And I presume you were both at the game yesterday, boys? Yeah, correct. Yes, I was. Nice. It wasn't the most exciting 90 minutes of football, was it, Scott? Uh, no, but then I often find that when you get to sort of semi-finals of any cup, that tends to be the case. Uh, and sometimes the finals, there's so much at stake. And uh, I, I thought it would be a tight game because, you know, AFC Telford United are obviously in the National League North. They're not a bad side. Uh, I think the trophy now, because teams in the National League tend to maybe not take it seriously as they once did, but you know, mm. once some of these other clubs lower down the pyramid, will Leighton Orient are a name for a team like AFC Tilford yeah. taking the claim that scalp. So it was a very, very tight game, I, I, I thought, and there wasn't really that many chances for either side, really. There, there weren't, but Macaulay Bond managed to pop up in the second half and put the O's one ahead to give them that advantage going into the second leg. Um, it's... it's 
was a, it was a decent second half from the O's, can you say? They weren't anything special. They didn't no. tear tail for the par, but, you know, we've got that goal advantage and, and off we go. Yeah, I mean, we're halfway there, basically, and it's... Um, is two-legged affairs are always a bit, you know, always a bit interesting because, you know, at half-time it was nil-nil and you kind of like went in at half-time thinking, oh, not a lot's happened really there. They were probably but, buzzing with that. Yeah, but, and in fairness, you know, you've basically got four halves of football that you've got to play and just, you know, try and squeeze it, like, squeeze out, you know, a win. So, um, to get one goal was, hopefully should be enough, you know, if we can, you know, go there next week and, yeah. you know, a draw's enough for us. So, um, happy enough with that. Good that Mac is back on the uh, the score sheet as well. Mm. Thought he should have. Well, he scored a couple as well. Yeah. Uh, you're on in the game, yeah. and uh, uh, and he'll know. Well, he'll know it more than anyone else. Um, that how frustrating that would have been for a, a couple of those opportunities to go begging. But um, mm. nice for him to to turn his man and and slot in um, in the second half because I think he needs that. He's quite a streaky player himself anyway. But it's. Uh, um, if if that means that he can you know go on and kick on until the yeah. end of the season, then I will not be complaining about that form. Well, for the second time this evening, now we're going to hear the main man again. You lucky, lucky people. You're lucky. <laughs> We've got Justin Edinburgh here again as he spoke with Dave Victor after yesterday's one 0 win against AFC Telford United. Well, Justin, thanks for joining us and congratulations—a sixth straight win. Yeah, really pleased. Uh, thought it was controlled. Um, we knew the opposition would be fired up. Um, but I thought we managed the game very well and, you know, I suppose we were unfortunate not to get a couple more goals. But we take a lead into next week and we're delighted with that. Are you disappointed that there aren't, isn't a bigger lead? Yeah, no, of course. We'll always try and look at what we can do better. I think, you know, perhaps final pass, final finish could have been a little bit better. But I think in terms of general play and the way we controlled the game, that was, uh, I thought it was a lot of positive today. See behind you just how difficult the conditions are. It's still very breezy here. Yeah, it was. It made it very difficult, but I thought, you know, we, we, we were positive in our approach to the game and I thought the players coped with the conditions and difficult ones they were very well. Good to see Josh Karoma. He waited a, a while and he looked very fresh. Yeah, no, I'm pleased for Josh. You know, it's um, it's been a big miss for us. Um, but good. there's another positive today. We were able to get, you know, Dale Gorman minutes, you know, Karoma's come back, Dayton's got more minutes, so there's a lot of positives and, um, you know, we're, we're pleased to have him back. And getting another goal is Macaulay Ball and there's a couple of good chances in the first half for him. Yeah, and I think that shows the strength and the character and, and, the, and the class of the player because other people might have hidden away from that and um, I think mean, that just shows what he's about and keeps getting himself in the positions and that's what good strikers do. And uh, I'm pleased that he got the winning goal today. He's had a few different striking partners, but it's uh, good to see that Josh Karoma and Macaulay Bond could be back soon. They played well together. I think, you know, either player, whether it be uh, Macaulay or Josh, can play with any other one. I thought Matt Harold played really well today. You know, I thought he was effective. I thought he'd give us a focal point. But, uh, no, it's good to see them two back together. Jamie Turley showed his versatility. I thought, yeah, and, and rightly picked up man on a match. I think... Um, it's probably where my most difficult decision is at the moment in them three centre-back positions and uh, even pushing him in a wing-back. He, he certainly was effective and no, he, he had a very good game. What about Telford? There was a lot of time wasting. They, they feel as if they're very much in the game. At the end, the travelling fans were celebrating as if it was a win. 
always say, I mean, we have nothing was won or lost today. Um, we say we, we, we'll concentrate on ourselves. We, we, we've had a good look at each other now, and we go there with a slight advantage at half time next week. What would you have learnt about the opposition after today, and uh, vice versa? Always that you know the lower league teams, you know, one step below, always going to be very competitive. I think they play their their uh, shape well. Uh, they're a threat. So listen, we're going to have to go and be um, as good as we were today to, to make sure we get through the tie. It has been an amazing one of results and also a, a, a lot of fixtures coming thick and fast. A week off for most, but not for those involved in England City. No, obviously uh, we'll, we'll probably pull Josh out because I don't think he's fit enough to go and we spoke with England on that front. So, um, so Josh Karoma won't go, which led to Jordan Maguire-Drew getting a call up, which unfortunately he's out of. Um, and we'll have to look at Marvin because he bowled his ankle. Um, so we'll have a look at that one as well. But listen, if, if Marv's good, then he goes. If not, we've, we've certainly got a ready-made replacement in Dan Appy to step into the squad if they need it. You could well do that, I should imagine. Yeah, no, I guess so. But, um, you know, it's not my decision to pick the teams. But um, no, what we do look forward to is, is the midweek rest. Um, and we can get the players some rest in and... I uh, look forward to next week, which is going to be a really exciting game. It is a fantastic situation. We're talking about players being called up for the England side, You're taking a lead into the second leg of a semi-final. It's still top of the table. I know, yeah. We, we knew that that was, you know, unless there was a real uh, big big swing for, for Solio, um, that we would be, you know, and I, and I think listen, we can only concentrate on what we do. I always say that. We've took care of the first leg today. Um, and like rightly so, tell for the field they're still in it. And uh, but it does set up for a very exciting second leg next week. Jay Simpson didn't feature. Is that because of the injury? Yeah, no, he's uh, he's he's be training middle part next week. So I, I would imagine he'd probably be okay to go for next week. And Charlie Lee? Charlie's taken a little bit longer, so we have to be mindful. He's he's played a few games this year where where it hasn't been quite right, and I think you know we we. we we need to make sure he's 100% before he comes back into the fold. But I don't, I don't envisage it to be too long now. Is Jordan Maguire-Drew's injury as serious as you first feared? No. Um, so we're, we're, it's a positive, but we're looking at three to four weeks, I think. Had it been a, a bigger advantage to take into the second leg, would you have been tempted to uh, rest players? No. No, haven't done. I, I'll always pick the team that I think can win the game. We're one, one game away from Wembley now. I don't feel... You can never pick and choose. You may never ever get a, as as a team, as players, as management ever get that chance to go to Wembley. So no, we won't. We'll go there with the best selected team that I feel can win the game. Any injuries from today? Uh, only Marvin. So other than that, no, we're all good. And finally, the supporters almost four thousand. Yeah, no, excellent turnout and um, yeah, made for a for a very good game. Well done. Thanks, Thanks very much, Dave. Justin. Thank you. Thank you. So there was Justin Edinburgh's views on the game. Uh, now. It was the same formation, Ling and Brophy at wing-back, Happy, Happy, Turley and Ekpatita in the middle. Uh, and it's a system that's working, isn't it, Scott? I think it's working. Uh, and I certainly think yesterday our defence looked very solid throughout the whole game. Uh, and they have been solid in, in the games that they have played uh, before. Uh, I, I, I'm happy with our defence. I think yesterday our defence put in a really, really good, solid performance and that's how we got the result because we actually limited Telford to very, very few chances. Yeah, they didn't really get a sniff, did they? 
Uh, no, they didn't. But they did have uh, they they did have some useful balls going in there. But I mean, they had a player called Daniel Odu or Udu, their number ten, who looked quite lively. But I mean, he he actually had a couple of chances. Uh, and found himself often blocked. I mean, he was trying to run into positions and he was being uh, prevented to, by our defence, who I think are actually playing as a unit. I think rather than sort of single out one or two uh, people, I think we are now actually playing a, 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 as a unit. Yeah. And, you know, and I know that, you know, Ling has had, you know, with, with some sections, has had some... He's, he's a young player and I think he's coming along really, really well. Mm. Uh, I don't think he's a, a weak link and I don't think we had a, a weak back four yesterday and I think we're playing really well our defence so. yeah, and, and we saw the game end with Jamie Turley head over to the right wing back position uh, Sam Lee was forced off with a injured knee I believe it was again still niggling him um, do you think there's something we could be seeing more of Andrew well, Turley bombing I mean, down the wing possibly but I was a big fan of it I, I mean if needs be then that's you know that, that that's what you have to do you have to be willing to adapt and you know with, with Juddy already out for the season and you know Ling having you know possibly picking up an injury um, he's got uh, pace on him, hasn't he? Yeah. Well, it's, it's just, he, he's rapid, yeah. ridiculously strong, yeah. and actually can put a decent ball in the box as well, as he showed yesterday. It's, you know, it's, you know I, he looks like he's got a good, like, decent technique. I've been a fan of him like since he's come in. I think he's been really added to the squad. But um, I was quite surprised, because I thought he'd gone off at half-time. Yeah. I was like, I know, he's not in the centre-back. Hey, where's Ling? Oh, Turley, what's the, what's going on here? Turley's playing right right wing back. Okay, this should be interesting, but yeah. Do you think it'd be a fair comparison? And I don't know if Mike's going to give me a little dig underneath the desk here, but the way he plays, you know, he's big, he's strong, he's quick, and he gets up and down the wing. He's, he's a bit like Joe Widdison on the other side, or do you think yeah. that's a little bit... I mean, listen, listen. Sorry, Mike. But do you think that's a fair comparison at all? Yeah, I mean, I think possibly too early to say because it's only been 45 minutes of And Widdison is a club <laughs> legend. <laughs> but, um, but no, it was, uh, it was just, I think it's one of those things where it's a pleasant surprise yeah. um, more than anything because, you, you know, you're, 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 he's in there basically for his defensive abilities rather than his attacking abilities. But um, he seemed comfortable enough as well to slot in there. Um, saw a couple of comments on social media last night praising him and he I think he could quite enjoyed it I think he he, he, um, he tweeted out that he searched the name Kafu and his name came up so he was making some little comparisons there that's, that's very funny to be honest as well that's, that's a nice little witty reply to top banter top top, top banter because <laughs> Les LK52 actually got involved he said what do the panels think of the 5-3-2 formation because he thinks well he says he knows that we're winning games and it's but he says he feels very laboured and he fears that it will become a cropper against the decent size we play. Do you think Les has any right to feel worried at all, Scott? I... You can always get worried about formations, OK? The key to any formation is... Is the manager getting the players to play on the training ground and can they actually do it, right? This is what you've got to look at because... You know, I've got full faith in Justin as, as a manager and a coach. And when you actually look at these uh, formations, you know, if you play a 5-3-2 or different or, you know, and you can have the, the diamond formation, if your players don't know how to play that formation, because you can get players that might not know how to play a 4-4-2. The fact of the matter is, is that we're playing 3-5-2. Those players look like they know how to play in that formation. They look well drilled, don't they? That is the main thing. Right? As long as they're well drilled, and yesterday all the players looked like they knew what they had to do, there was plenty of cover, they all seemed to be playing as a team, Okay, that to me is actually sometimes more important than what the formation is. 
okay? Because I think it's very good to have to try out different formations because there has been a few times this season, for example, when I think of the Salford game at home, I mean, they done a number on us. They completely okay. read us and uh, us uh, uh, they, they, they done a number on us. And I think by having this different formation that we can try out, it means we've got different options that are available to us. Uh, uh, and it means that then, because, you know, if you can rotate players around a little bit and with your squad system, and if you play around, it means you might suddenly be able to have a selection problem where you can maybe slot players in a little bit. And I, and I think, Justin, I've got full faith in him and I think he knows what he's doing. And I, I fully expect that they are training on the training pitch. And that is what's important here, I think. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm a firm uh, believer of like, you know, the phrase, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And there was clearly something wrong over the Christmas period. We weren't getting, or just after New Year as well, we weren't getting the results we, we probably desired. Switch to a 3-5-2, 5-3-2, whatever you want to call it. And now, we've got, what, six on the spin. So, yeah, I, I mean, broke, <laughs> don't yeah. fix it, you know? We're, when we look vulnerable, it looks like we're a bit light in midfield, mm. which is just, you know, that's symptomatic of, of that system. Mm. But... I agree. I mean, I, I think Les has got a, a, raises a reasonable point in there. It's just like it might look like we've come a cropper like against better opposition, but we're not. You know, potentially between now and the end of the season, we're not going to play a better team than Wrexham. Yeah. We're not. And you know, we beat them. Uh, we're using this system. We've got far. You know, filed. And then Solihull will be the you know the, the, the hardest games yeah. that we'll have this season. We'll see. You know, we'll be sticking with this system for the meantime. We'll see mm. what we how we play against Fylde. But we, you know, we beat them earlier this season. Um, I know probably using a different system in that in that respect, but you know we're, we only have to deal with the teams in our league. We're not gonna we're not gonna be playing, and we're top of the league at the moment. We're yeah. not gonna be playing against you know uh, better teams until hopefully next season. Of course, of course. Um, and let's look at the midfield as well. We who uh, Justin chose to put in alongside Clay and Joby. He stuck with Clay and Joby, and they were joined by Dale Gorman. Now, do you think he really staked a claim for for a starting place in the league, Scott? Uh, I thought he had a good game yesterday. Uh, I, 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 I do think that, again, there are some fans who uh, rightly have got their opinion, OK? Uh, but, you know, I, I don't think that... I think Dal Gorman has been OK this season, OK? I, I mean, you know, again, he's, a, he's another young player, OK? I don't think he's a, a disaster player. I, th I don't think... I think it, well, I've seen him. He's looked quite good. I mean, I think he can possibly... You know, every player will always tell you that they can improve. They're, they're not the finished article. But I think he's, he's staked the claim, right? Because I don't think there's any players on there that you could say, well, they don't deserve to be in, 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 a, in a starting eleven. OK, so I would say, looking at the team we played yesterday, uh, if we was to go next Saturday, the barring sort of injuries and things, well, I would probably start with the same lineup that we had yesterday. OK, that, that's, that's, what yeah. I would, that's what I would that's, say. That's probably a fair shout. I think I'll probably be a little bit, little bit surprised if, you know, we don't see Turley at wing-back again and probably see Brophy in behind because he was so effective against all the shots. So, I think so why wouldn't, have, why wouldn't have Justin have gone with him on Saturday, do you think? I just think he wanted balance over the pitch just a, a bit more balance over the pitch and it's a bit more of a solid way to set yeah, up yeah you know uh, he, he's played there many times before uh, Brophy so he probably thought that was the natural choice to you know save Widdison's legs and whatnot, or give him a rest and it, you know, on paper it probably is the right move to bring Gorman back in you know, with Charlie Lee being injured mm. um, but I'll, I might be a little bit surprised if we don't see maybe Turley uh, right wing back, back. maybe, maybe Brophy over that injury yeah yeah, yeah that, that would make some sense. Uh, now, our top goal scorer, Macaulay Bonnet, hasn't been dropping for him much recently. He's, he's been on a bit of a drought. And for 
for the first half yesterday, you thought it was going to be the same old story where he just couldn't find the back of the net. He missed a couple of sitters, didn't he? Yeah, and it was uh, it was it was frustrating. And as I said earlier, no one will be more frustrated than himself because he's you know he's the main man when it comes to scoring goals this season. His record speaks for it, for itself. But he has there has been a couple of occasions yeah. where it's been like, oh man, you need oh, we just need that to go in really. And I thought it was going to be one of those days again um, yesterday. Where it drops for him a couple of, like the one mm. from just outside the six yard box, but I thought he was going to take it first time, but he's had time to even take a touch, yeah. drop drop onto his right, and then it's just like I was fully expecting, you know, the net to bulge, and it's just gone wide. You're like how yeah. how's that happened? But being the being the top quality striker, we all know he is. Mm. Like we know he's got it in him, and he, he did. He popped up with the goal yesterday, and it must have been it, psychologically again. It must just be good to see him break that trout well nothing gives a goal scorer more confidence to, sc- uh, to score goals than scoring goals uh, I think we've got to be careful that we don't panic too much but I mean you know all uh, strikers will go through a bit of a purple patch and they'll also go through patches where they're scoring goals for fun uh, I think what we'll have to look at again obviously I think some of it has happened is because once you get a guy in any division that starts scoring goals and as the season progresses people will know what is the danger man you know I mean I don't think he gets as much time at, at, anymore I mean he can uh, uh, in some games he can actually sort of you find him being hit quite heavily marked they know that he you know keep him quiet because you would wouldn't you if you're if you're an opposition and you're playing a, a team that like oh and you've got a man like McCauley Bond playing up front you know you would try and keep McCauley Bond as quiet as you possibly can I do think that scoring that goal yesterday in the second half was very important because mm. I do think he may have should have scored one in the first half when I think the keeper parried it was from yeah, uh, uh, Joby McHenry and, and he had one touch and I thought he, and he, there you go but yeah. you know let's not dwell on it too much because obviously he would have he would be more angry than us and upset but the thing is the goal that he did score he had to do a bit of work before he got he it did. in there mm. he did, uh, uh, so he, he done that he showed his class well he did yes and I, I still think with games to go I mean what would be it would be quite good that if he can pick up his uh, scoring tally again I think that will will come be yes nice. he has had a little touch but you know all strikers will suddenly have a, a spell where they don't score as much yeah uh, I'm, I'm not too concerned by it because the thing is as long as he's getting the opportunities he will mm. score goals and it's that is like it's yeah, it's a mark of a good striker in, yeah. in that they do make their own opportunities and and Bon is is like first class in in that respect you know it's just been a bit of a shame that it's like it's just not been going in mm. for him recently also an underrated like factory uh, bit of his game is he works so hard as well mm. he puts the defenders under pressure forces them into mistakes he's back for corners how often this season is, is like the, he's been the, the yeah. guy on the front post who's been who's been heading the he, ball. He brings away. so much more than so just the goals. It's, you know, he, way more than just goals. Yeah. I don't have a, a an issue with yeah, with his form of layout. Mm. You know, I'd like to have seen him score a couple more, but you know, we've been winning the games anyway. So. And and so now, boys, it's time. It's that time. It's that time of the week. <laughs> Andrew's laughing nervously over here. Uh, we're going to play a minute to win it. We're going to give you 60 seconds to answer as many questions on yesterday's game against AFC Telford United. If you don't know an answer, just say pass and we'll move on to the next one. Your score to beat is nine. Oof. Just to let you know. So, are we ready, boys? Yep. Yeah. Here go. we go. How many fans travelled from Telford for yesterday's game? Uh, 492. 424. How many miles did they travel ground to ground? 186. 164. What's their nickname? Uh, the Bucks. Yes. And who's their manager? Pass. Pass. It was Gavin Cowan. And what was the total attendance yesterday at the Brogroup Stadium? Uh, 
3,622. Perfect. And which Orient player made their 50th appearance yesterday? Dan Happy. Yes. Who partnered Matt Harold up top? And Macaulay Bond. Yes. And what minute did Bond score in? The 54th. Yes. And what colour boots was he wearing? He was wearing um, Nike Mercy. They were black. And he revealed, he revealed what message on his undershirt? Happy birthday, sis. Yes, and what minute did Josh Caroma make his return? 74. 67. Who did he replace? Uh, he replaced uh, Dale Gould. Yes, and who had the header cleared off the line in the 78th minute? Jamie oh. Taylor. Yes, and who replaced Matt Harold? Too late, it was James. Dayton. So let's have a little count up there. I, oh. It felt as like you hit your stride about halfway through. You got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. I've got eight. I'm on mine. We need a steward's inquiry. VAR. Oh, this one's going to be VAR. We'll be releasing the full leaderboard soon. So uh, keep your eyes there. See who gets their, their points given to them. Now, Andrew, um, I'm glad you're here with us tonight. Um, joined us from the Dream Team. You are the editor. Um, it's been a fantastic sponsor sponsorship partnership so far, hasn't it? You know, there's been so many good good, good stuff coming from you guys. Oh, thank you. I like to think so as uh, as well. It's been it's been a fantastic season, obviously on the field, but also off the field. I think you know, from from our point of view, um, I think it's gone really really well. I hope the fans have been enjoying it. Um, obviously, we've been creating the documentary, which um, I know has had some fantastic feedback. Um, this week, um, the producer of it, Andy. Well, I was um, going to ask, who yeah. are the masterminds behind this? Well, it's, it's mainly Andy Taylor's, um, mainly Andy Taylor's work. Got to give a big shout out to um, Adam McInnes, who's yeah. been his kind of main other cameraman as well with it. Um, Andy's virtually works full time on it um, yeah. over the course of his uh, of his work, um, but he kind of leans on me for a bit of. A bit of Orient knowledge, a bit mm. of, uh, uh, or, yeah. Because he's a Wolves fan, he'll be happy after last... Hell, he's, last he's, game. he's absolutely buzzing, I spoke to him today actually, so um, yeah, he is buzzing about that, but he's, he's actually very pleasing that he's become an Orient fan yeah. over the course of this season <laughs> too. Um, he, the way that we work is he'll kind of come up with the, with the concepts of what the documentary is going to go, uh, what what we're going to be covering, and then uh, I'll meet with him and, and discuss who the best people to talk to well, about well, it. Well, that leads us into the next question perfectly. What have we got in store for the final episodes of the season? So how, how many are left? There's two more left, so we've had uh, we've had four so far. So episode four was um, Premier League to non-league. That was profiling Justin and Joby and mm. essentially looking at why they're still involved in football, having had such prestigious careers um, in you know, the top divisions of English football. Um, next episode is going to be focusing on uh, mental health in football. It's obviously a, oh, an issue um, that, you know, has, that you know, needs more exposure yeah, at this time more than ever. Absolutely needs more exposure. Um, something that we're earmarked uh, as wanting to cover within the, the series. We hope it's going to be um, really well well done. Um, and uh, yeah, we're in contact mm. with a couple of people at the club. Um, to, to chat to them about um, uh, about the issue, um, and yeah, we we wanted to create something which was incredibly diverse, not just specific to, specifically Orient related as well. Does it get um, much interest from fans around the other football leagues? Yeah, massively. I think you know, especially like the first episode of the series was was about kind of like you know Orient's. Um, like plummet down the divisions, yeah. and you just saw yeah, how, how much it, how much it resonated <laughs> with so many other fans, but who've who've been through similar um, with their clubs. Um, and you know, people like Justin and Jovia mm. are recognisable faces um, at every level of the, in the game as well. So um, it's been um, yeah, it's been fantastic to see. We had um, 
someone comment on the, the last video saying that they're from Canada and uh, I saw that. because of that um, they've become an Orient fan they're looking out for their results so I thought you know job done but I'm not sure also <laughs> what he's got himself in for and, 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 and Scott Dream Team offer so much to the fans they've, they've given free programs free drinks uh, four free coaches all the way to Hartlepool it's, 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 it's nice as a fan to, to have a sponsorship that feels as though you're being looked after <laughs> Is it, well yes I mean you know the fans are the, are the lifeblood of any football club uh, particularly younger fans and I think we've got to we, we are doing little bits to sort of encourage the younger fans because that is where the future of football lies and you know and I must say I'm quite happy that you know when I go to uh, Bayer Group Stadium or <laughs> Brisbane Road whatever you want to call it you know uh, you've got two grounds two different names the fact the matter is, <laughs> yeah, yeah some people still call it that but the fact of the matter is, is there are starting to be younger fans there and I think we do need that because that's yeah. how we've got to get a fan base and I actually think as Premiership football starts pricing itself out of the market which it's Doing. It's tight. It's clubs like Orient, you know, lower league clubs, to step in and try and get a fan base because there yeah. is interesting football out there. And if you can suddenly do things like that, and uh, you know the things that we do with offering uh, free merchandise mm. to the kids, and you know kids for a quid, we've got that coming up, and coach travel to a long trip up the places up north, it all helps get a yeah. fan base. And, so and, and those four free coaches, they were roaring success, weren't they, Andrew? Yeah, it was nice to nice to be on one. M- me um, and Mike were on them. It was yeah. lovely. Yeah. Lovely coach. Uh, early that. morning, but there's nothing a lot, not a lot, lot we we could do about that. Unfortunately, if we could uh, teleport you all up there, only take. I mean, a you could have got on first we... class plane travel, but you know. Uh, yeah, I know. Next time, next time. There was, there was next a couple time. of people saying, "Why don't, why can't we charter a, charter a special train up?" Ooh, like, well, the we, Orient Express. Oh, no, the Orient Express. Yeah. I'll go there if you won't. Yeah, um, it's, uh, yeah. It was it was a great day actually. I mean, the, the result was you know, it was like, like to have won it um, away at Hartlepool. But um, yeah, glad that everyone enjoyed the coaches. Yeah. It was something nice for us to, to put on. And and, uh, and any more treats coming up for the O's fans? Well, we're still, you can reveal. Where well, you keeping no, your cards no, close to your chest? <laughs> we'll keep our cards close to your chest. Obviously, we've still got a couple of you know, a couple of documentaries to go. I think it'll be one of those things where we'd have to think about our feet a bit more when it if. When it comes to the end of the season, you know, if it mm. comes down to the last game of the season, if I don't, I don't want it to be the case. But if it goes to the playoffs, and and, and if any it. fans have any ideas of what Dream, Keen, Dream Team can do for them, be, where be can they tweet touch, you? Where can touch. they tweet you? Uh, I'm at Mr. A Butler, MRA Butler. Keep um, keep it within reason. Yeah, yeah keep it within yeah, reason. Yeah. <laughs> well, we could keep up the the fantastic work, Andrew. It's it's, it's it's a real joy to see and had to have around the club. Um, now. It's time for the Orient Hour's greatest ever 11. We've already got our goalkeeper, Paul Hild, and our right back, Stan Cholton. And now, boys, it's time to discuss and find out our favourite Orient centre-backs. And we're going to choose two tonight to go into the to the greatest 11. And just to be clear, this is our panel's favourite players in said positions. So, um, Andrew, Scott, I've asked you to pick your personal favourite Orient centre-backs. Let's start with you, Scott. Well, we had a bit of debate, and uh, Andrew kindly said that I could say Dean uh, Dean Smith. <laughs> Dean Smith, uh, yeah. But that's because his choice in a moment it was one or the other. So you know. So if you kind of come it. to a unanimous decision, you, like you know, basically, if it wasn't Dean Smith, it would be the other guy we we're going to say in a moment. Okay. But uh, but you know, uh, for for me, they they both epitomise play good players mm. who really loved the club, had a lot of time for the fans still have a lot of time for the fans when they do turn up and you know I've always liked players that sort of not just do it on the pitch but have always got a time for the players because you know you can get you, you want them to feel part of the club because we go and see a football club yeah 
and that's why I love Leighton Orient because and this is why I've had friends of mine who have supported bigger clubs and they used to come down to Orient and they say what what that's an old player or that's a player you know that kind of camaraderie is what makes our club very special and you know and Dean Smith mm. for me was exactly that you could talk to him after games and, that, and a number of times I used to sometimes bump into him after games and you'd yeah. have a chat with him but also on the pitch he was like a fan he, was on the, he knew what it was like for fans I believe and they're the sort of players that I like those that really play for the shirt and play for the fans and I think Dean Smith was one of those one of those kind of players yeah so he takes the first centre back spot Andrew who takes the second well it's going to be John Mackey for me yeah. um, you have to understand also that I'm, I'm only 29 years old so it's mainly uh, it was mainly choosing players that I've seen personally in my in my life and that's what think, that's what this is all about yeah, finding our panel's favourite eleven. You know, John Mackey is one of those players. You know, like Scott says, epitomised the club when when he was with us. Obviously, has a, like great success while while he was our captain mm. as well. Um, had the, um, the 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 privilege of playing against. Well, I'm, I say privilege. <laughs> I played a game at, um, at the stadium a couple of years back and uh, I thought, oh, this will be a nice... Was this uh, with like, Lofton Orienteer? Um, no, it was, uh, I can't remember where it was, but I think it was uh, Play With a Legend. It oh, okay, Legend. okay. And, um, and I played against Mackie. I thought, oh, this will be a nice friendly game, you know, this is a good chance for the fans <laughs> to have a chance. And he put a, a reducer on me within the first two minutes. He just didn't thought, like the look of you. It was, it was a hard, hard <laughs> challenge. And I thought, he's going to take this seriously, isn't he? He's going to take it really seriously. But um, that competitive spirit, spirit mm. was uh, still very evident uh, in that game. Um, but I think that's what he showed, like that yeah. steel grit determination. So, um, so we got we got Dean Smith and John Mackey in there. That's not, I mean, that's a pretty good centre-back pairing. Um, I don't know about you, Mike, I'm even younger than you, Andrew. So yeah. for me, my favourite centre-back, I don't know, we had a little chat in the car on the way up, but I, I think for the class he had and, and the way we were playing at the time, Monsieur Martial Baudry, he was, uh, <laughs> he had a bit of class. And, and then also looking at today or this year's squad, do you think there are any that could sneak their way into a greatest Orient eleven one time one day? There's a couple on their way. I think, I you think know, Marvin's some, knocking like on Marvin, that door. Marvin, think, yeah, and, absolutely. And I mean, Dan, I was I was surprised to hear that he was played fifty times mm, for us. Because, yeah. you know, you don't really like recognise that, but it's just you know, Happy's. I think been outstanding and uh, you never know one day one day one day day. well thank you very much boys and my fellow Orion fans that brings an abrupt end to our time together but don't be sad be happy it's been a great week thanks to maximum points from our league games and we take a gold advantage into the second leg of the FA Trophy semi-final potentially just one game away from Wembley and thank you to our panel this evening Andrew Butler and Scott Lanza even though we're a little bit late Scott but it's fun we've enjoyed having you here while you have been (laughs) so thank you for joining us and Michael my old buddy old pal you looking forward to a Tuesday night off this week? Yes, but I'm also in the mood for Telford away, so... Yes. See you there, my See man. You there. Yeah. Well, en- enjoy yourselves, have a great week, and of course, as always, up the O's. Up the O's. Sir, up. <laughs>